0: The Sports Pan on ESPN-UP, Tanner Hoops with you. Happy snowstorming, ladies and gentlemen. If you're out, be safe. It's getting nasty out there. If you are attending a high school event tonight, or at least if you were planning on doing it, you're probably not anymore. Let's just say, if it's high school and it was scheduled, it's not anymore. Very likely, all throughout the Upper Peninsula with this nasty blizzard that we've been hit by today. Charlie Bramer's in the studio with me. What's up, man?
1: I'm just, just glad I made it safe, just like you were saying. Just glad to be here.
0: I'm glad you made it safe, too. Thank and you very much. Man, we got a packed show to go over. It feels like a Monday for me because we weren't on air yesterday, and I should explain that to our listeners who hadn't heard. If you listen to Westwood Patriot Basketball Friday night, it wasn't a pretty scene for my voice trying to get through the back end of that devil header. You know, we made it and everything. It's just not going to be a tape that I'm going to send off to future employers, (laughs) what have you. But it turned out to be maybe a little more than a horse throat. And I spent the weekend in the hospital with a fever of 101 degrees and missed work yesterday. Thankfully, I'm on the mend. We're ready to get back to it. But, man, the flu bug's going around. I'm not immune to it by any means. It's good to be back. But that means we've got stuff to touch on from Saturday, Sunday,
1: Monday, and today and we're gonna break it down for you all in the next hour. I got one quick question for you, yeah. Tanner. I got my flu shot mm-hmm. several months ago. Did you get the flu shot? Nope. Okay. Nope. There you go.
0: And the nurse asked me the same thing. She right. gave me the same look that you are right now.
1: Well, I'm the just... one
0: that's like I'm not gonna judge you, but you should have done it. Right. I'm not gonna say I told you so.
1: Hey, I've had years where I got the flu shot and still got sick. So I'm hoping this isn't one of those years. I'm locked in this little room with you, like we said, but hopefully that flu shot does its job.
0: Charlie Bramer's in the studio with us again. Apologize for my voice, whatever uh, inconveniences my fever, what have you, would cause you. It's on the mend now, but voice should return to normal here in a few days. Until then, we're going to power through the hour. Let's start off with something that happened over the weekend. The Alliance of American Football, the AAF. Did you get a chance to watch
1: any of those games, Charlie? I didn't watch any. Um, I, I went on YouTube and saw a bunch of stuff on it. Um, I've been hearing a lot about it, just in general. And um, I don't know more football i think it's a good thing i'm waiting i'm waiting for the xfl to come back too yeah i really
0: think that more football is actually going to turn out to be a good thing there's a lot of people who are skeptical about if any of these leagues can pan out if any of them can compete with the nfl if spring football can really take off because since the usfl almost three decades ago there really hasn't been anything that's been able to live up as a consistent league that could be anything close to what the NFL is. But now we're seeing the emergence of possibly two. The AAF started this weekend. The XFL is going to be starting next year. And the AAF with a surprisingly good opening weekend. There are eight teams down there. And the quality of football wasn't too bad, to be honest with you. They have a lot of guys who are either up and coming, maybe, have a chance of getting to the NFL someday, some practice squad level guys, or maybe some guys on the way down, guys who didn't see things work out for them in the NFL. But we did a Twitter poll, very unscientific, regarding whether the fans liked the quality of football that was on display. And 45% of our listenership said that the quality of football this weekend, the AAF, was Better than they expected it's pretty good, I thought it was too that 's kind of where I would vote too is I thought the quality of football was better than I expected forty five percent of the audience that was their answer forty two percent said it was decent it wasn 't bad, and only thirteen said it was terrible, and they wouldn 't watch again
1: Well, there you go that 's the key the third The only thirteen percent, so they 're looking at over eighty percent of people being willing to watch it, so that 's a great start um. Obviously, the NFL is about as invincible as it gets. Mm-hmm. If there's a football league that should be worried about this stuff, it's the Canadian Football League, mm. I feel. Um, I think that's really, really going to tap into their potential, just their prospects, their their talent pool. It's going to really drain their, um, you know, guys like Johnny Manziel going to the CFL, coaches like Mike Sherman. Mm-hmm. They might be able to stay in the States now, so that I don't know what that means for the CFL. Well,
0: I wonder with all these leagues opening up where some of those guys are going to be drawn because when guys don't pan out in the NFL, usually the CFL is where they go. Plus, you play the AAF in the spring, the CFL is more of a summer sport, and you wonder how much of a drawback that could be from one or the other if those two start competing with each other. The thing is, nothing's going to touch the NFL, like you said. But I believe that competition, no matter in what it is, breeds a stronger product. Whether it's McDonald's against Burger King, Walmart against Shopko, what have you. Competition breeds a better product. I don't know what that means for the AAF versus the Canadian Football League versus the XFL, what have you. But all of that translates into pushing the NFL to be the best that it can be. Yeah,
1: and and it's also a good thing they're saying guys could play in the AAF and then still you know they'd be available for I don't know, there's gotta be overlap of uh you know, summer camps and different things. But basically for the most part, as long as guys can stay healthy they'll be all eligible for that same NFL season.
0: Well, the NFL has to know this is a good thing for them, too. One of the owners, the founders of this league, is Bill Polian, a former NFL exec and an NFL analyst here on ESPN Radio. He understands the concept of football and how the NFL's always going to be the pinnacle. So what he's doing is he signs every player in the AAF to a three-year deal. Everybody gets paid the same, but... If they were to sign with an NFL team, whether that be on the practice squad or the 53-man roster, they can get out of their AAF contract, go to the NFL. This is about as close to a farm system as we've ever seen in professional football. You almost look at it as like AAA to the MLB, the G League to the NBA, the AHL to the NHL. This is about the closest thing we've ever had to a farm product. With professional football,
1: yeah, and I always considered um like playing for the blast in Iron Mountain, you know that's like a ball, maybe rookie little rookie league, a ball, high a, and yeah, this would be double a triple a, so um, and like you said, the more football, the more competition, the better it's just honestly, more than anything, I'm worried about the players it's It's great they're getting compensation. Um, I was unable to find out for sure I'm pretty sure I read from a pretty reputable source These players get health insurance While they're playing But a lot of football injuries As you know The worst part of the injury Is usually after the career is over Um, Obviously it's not going to be Like a lifetime health insurance deal Stuff like that you worry about But all in all I think it's a great deal For the players
0: You look at how the league, the AAF, is differentiating itself from the NFL because they're trying to become their own brand. You know, if they're playing with the same rules as the NFL but in the spring, you know, who's going to watch that? It's going to be one thing. So they don't do kickoffs. They don't do extra points. You go for two, and they got to do that so that they can be something different than the NFL. Some people will want to tune into that, will want to have an emotional investment to that because what's the emotional investment to people like us living up here in the north because almost every team is in the south. The northernmost team in that league is Salt Lake City. So what's the emotional investment to somebody up here in the Upper Peninsula when all the teams are down south in Atlanta, Orlando, San Antonio, Birmingham, San Diego, Salt Lake, and what have you? you got to have ties like that to be able to invest yourself. When you don't have a local team, then it's got to be how the game is played. And not having kickoffs, I don't know if I like that or not, but it's different. And you want to see how that plays out differently. Not having extra points, it's different. I I don't like that necessarily, but I kind of want to see how that plays out. I wouldn't like it if the NFL did that. But I'm interested to see when somebody else goes out and tries it to see what that would look like. So they do these things to differentiate themselves from the NFL and gauge how the viewers will pander to it. And the NFL can certainly learn something from that. And the other thing, people can like this, not like this, because it's not a popular thing to say. It's not politically correct, is the violence. They don't have The rules that the NFL is putting on, or they have put on in the last five years. I'm sure you saw that bone crushing hit on the San Diego quarterback in the San Diego San Antonio game where his helmet flies off. People like that, whether they want to admit it or not, whether it's politically correct to say that or not. People like that. And I know player safety makes it politically incorrect, and I want to keep players safe, but
1: people like seeing that raw violence. Yeah, and that's the stuff that's exactly what I was alluding to and I one of the things when I was mentioning player safety before, you know, it's a bit more just like the semi-pro leagues that I've played in. It's it's the the violence is a big part of the game. Um you don't see as much of it anymore in the NFL where it used to be a lot in the NFL. There were guys out there really wanting to hurt other players. You don't see nearly as much of that anymore because oftentimes players that are out there trying to hurt other players end up hurting themselves, mm-hmm. and that's why they're not doing that so much anymore. But in these, these semi-pro leagues and then a little higher up leagues like the a- AF, um, I mean, it it is what it is. I don't know how they're going to be able to get get by with it you know, not having the same. It's like a lawyer's got to be licking his chops. Like, oh, well, the NFL did it. Why aren't you guys doing Mm it? It just seems kind of like it's going to be too easy to pick on. The other thing is all these rules changes. I heard an interesting point. It was either somebody was filling in for uh, Stephen A. yesterday. It might have been on the Will Kane show where they were talking about how in in one of these leagues, the the ref they actually have a camera and a microphone, and it follows the ref into the replay, mm. and and they it the, it so basically you can watch the ref ponder and watch and it really helps you see, okay, why is the ref deciding to make this this call, and 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 on this show they were saying, oh that's great, and I want them to do that in the NFL. There's probably that there, we all know the NFL. Likes its, its closed-door policies. Mm-hmm. This is something the NFL would probably not be a very very big fan of. So there's, there's certain rules like that, which our football fans can see stuff going on in these leagues and then want the NFL to change it. That, that could be pretty annoying and troublesome for the NFL. People like
0: the transparency that the AAF provides where they take you inside the replay booth and essentially take you inside the official's head. People like that, and that may push the NFL to try and go in that direction. We all know that's exactly what Roger Goodell wants to avoid. So that's what I like about the AAF is that
1: competition breeds a better product. And and in that being the case, I'm hoping... That there's going to be a Northern League really mm. soon. Another eight teams in the North. Yeah, it seems like it's only inevitable as long as the league can sustain itself. And and I mean, football in the South, you know, that's a it's kind of a religious experience to a certain extent. But I really don't think the North gets credit for how diehard its football fans really are.
0: Charlie Bramer is in the studio with us. We owe you our first time out. When we come back, the NBA has been looking into tampering violations. Are the rules equal for everybody? Maybe not. Next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP.
1: Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, Charlie Bramer, with you. Thanks for hanging out with us on your Tuesday afternoon. Again, stay safe if you're out there traveling, doing what have you. Snowstorming out there, be careful. But thanks for tuning in to the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Well, tampering has been a hot button issue around the NBA lately. You have the Lakers getting involved in about everybody's business, it seems, and now they're being looked into tampering with ben simmons of the philadelphia 76ers at first it was anthony davis when it came out three weeks ago that he wanted to be traded there because him and lebron share the same agent in rich paul it looked like the lakers had reached out and tried to recruit anthony davis now magic johnson is seeking to give air quotes advice to ben simmons the NBA raising red flags over it and what have you, and then they go out and they actually do find the Milwaukee Bucks for tampering, far less egregious than anything Magic Johnson
1: has done. And it's kind of funny Magic Johnson is continuing to do this. Um, obviously, what the NF or what the NBA has imposed on him in the past, it wasn't it didn't phase him because he was slapped with I believe some fines. Uh, such and such last year for they claimed he was tampering with Giannis saying stuff like he's never going to stay in Milwaukee and he had already signed a four year deal so and, and, and there's been other instances where Magic Johnson has at the time you know reading the articles I, I didn't think anything of it I'm just like oh that's this guy's opinion it didn't really say like it didn't really sound like he was reaching out uh, to to really try and pull a player away but apparently that's not how the NBA saw it and if you're a general manager you keep those opinions to yourself and that's just not magic johnson's style you know he's magic johnson he's going to say what he feels and thinks and he's highly respected and so he gets asked these questions a lot so he's going to give his answer he's a reputable guy this is how he works but you know the bucks getting charged with tampering that 's kind of the first i 've heard of uh a smaller market team getting slapped with something like that, and it 's kind of funny because these tampering rules are there kind of protect to protect these smaller market teams but now, since the bucks are more successful, I guess they're uh having the ability maybe they're they're uh, their heads are getting a little too big thinking anthony davis might be in play this summer for a trade and sign type of deal i i don't know it's just so funny to see this 180 turn the bucks go from being a team that somebody was slapped with tampering one of their players last year now all of a sudden they're getting slapped with the tamper and i do like to see that it's it's being a little more equally distributed the you know the rule is being enforced, but then again, there are several times that we've seen, of course, where it hasn't been equally enforced um I don't know what do you, does it even seem like any of these
0: guys are really tampering a whole lot? I think magic Johnson is i here's my hot take of the day. Magic Johnson is the worst executive in the n b a and that's I, hard yeah. to say, even though there's a team out there with a seventeen game losing streak. But their owner is doing something. He's clearing up cap space. He might not land KD and Kyrie or even Zion like he's hoping to. But he's trying. He's trying his darndest to do something. Magic Johnson has put the Lakers in such a bad position. And he gets a pass for it because he's Magic Johnson, and they're not going to move on from him. He knows that his job is safe because they learned their lesson from when they moved on from the logo, when they let Jerry West go, and he's had a vendetta against the Lakers ever since, and he turned out to be a pretty good executive. But Magic Johnson is running this team into the ground, and I know there's a lot of Spartan fans out there that are going to defend him to the death, but Magic Johnson has done a terrible job in the last even just this year with the like, La- Well, think of this, first of all. If he really wants Ben Simmons, is that a good pickup? Because Ben Simmons, he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but he's never made a three-pointer in the NBA. You want to bring him over to a team that's one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the NBA and think that he's going to help you. Why would Ben Simmons want to leave what he has in Philadelphia in the first place, a team that might be the number two team in the East right now after the trade deadline? For the Lakers... Think about what could have been for Magic Johnson. He's a GM that let LeVar Ball bully him into picking Lonzo Ball just in front of Jason Tatum. He didn't go out and get Paul George. He didn't even have a free agent meeting with him because he assumed everybody wants to come play for L.A. Everybody wants to be a Laker. I don't even have to recruit Paul George because we are the Lakers. The Thunder did the exact opposite. The Thunder went out, recruited him. So Magic Johnson, he could have a big three of LeBron, Paul George, and Jason Tatum right now. Or, if you really wanted Anthony Davis, you put together a package of Jason Tatum, plus a few of your low-end guys, ship him off for Anthony Davis, and you have a big three of LeBron, Paul George, and Anthony Davis. That's what the Lakers could have been right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you just say, I mean, that that would have i mean that's a legitimate possibility that that could have played out mm-hmm. that way paul george lebron w- and anthony davis which would have been the greatest three i mean it would have been the greatest lakers big 3 been back. In, yeah it would have been the greatest big 3 in nba history It would have been the most dominant three player combo in nba history i can't i have been criticizing the lakers moves for a while um more in private because I get backlash. Um, I was I was slamming Lonzo ball, talking to Blake when he was visiting this last week, and you know, Blake Blake was firing back at me and well, he's a Michigan State guy, yeah, he'll defend magic. Right. And but I just could you imagine ben simmons and lonzo ball on the same team no that those they wouldn't be able to put the. it's basketball you're supposed to be able to put the ball in the hoop they wouldn't be able to put the ball in the hoop i mean it dunking would have been their only option Uh, (laughs) um you can have one guy on the floor that can't shoot the outside shot Mm -hmm. and i mean right now that's everybody
0: in the lakers except for maybe lance stevenson I- exactly. They're a
1: bad three point shooting team. And LeBron is streaky from three. I what is he shooting like thirty four I thirty three? Mm-hmm. Things in the low to mid thirties, which is acceptable, it's respectable, but just just it's it's weird. You know, you need these puzzle pieces to fit together. You can't just take Ben Simmons and Lonzo Ball and these guys that can't shoot it's almost like Magic Johnson wants to build a backcourt of a bunch of himself, mm-hmm. tall athletic guards, but they got to be able to shoot. and 'cause cause that's just today's NBA and that the floor would be so unspaced. Obviously Anthony Davis would help with that a lot, but yeah, it, it's really weird how people have this reverence for Magic Johnson. Um, he's obviously an extremely intelligent guy. He's, he's i don't know what kind of hand he has to play exactly with the dodgers it seems kind of like he he helps attract players more with his star power mm-hmm. and his checkbook but the things that he's done with the lakers have had me questioning you know and that's putting it real lightly and Obviously, the players he's trying to bring in have have their pluses and minuses, but you need that stuff to click with the rest of the players on the roster. And it seems like some of the moves he's looking to make, they don't really do that. and And I'm just wondering what he's really expecting to come out of all these moves that he wants to make. Here's a
0: hard-to-swallow pill. If you're a Lakers fan, if you're a Laker fan out there, you can choose to turn us off or not. But here's a hard-to-swallow pill. Kuzma's the second best player in your team. Josh Hart is number three. No one else is going to get any better. There is not another level for Lonzo out there. There's not another level for Ingram. There's not another level for KCP. You have a bunch of scrubs surrounding LeBron right now. Thank you so
1: much. I have been saying for a long time, Lonzo Ball is what he's going to be. Mm -hmm. These... there are players that are struggling from three, young and upper up-and-coming stars, younger players. Ben Simmons, has, I would say he has a better shot, no pun intended, at being a better outside shooter than Lonzo Ball one day. Giannis has a better-looking shot. He's been shooting 35% from three through the month of February so far. Lonzo Ball would have to change his mechanics so much to become that even a respectable like LeBron outside shooter that once a guy has played basketball for that long it is so hard to change mechanics like that I just don't see the progression being there and I I don't know I just I never understood the whole the hype behind him I saw him as a college star that just didn't really translate. There are guys in the NFL all the time that were stars in college, and they fall to the third, fourth round in the draft because GMs don't see it translating. I don't know what the heck Magic Johnson thought he saw when he picked Lonzo Ball. I just, and there's so many other guys out there that can dish and make plays, but they can shoot. You know, there's guys out there just like Jared Bayliss's and stuff that if they were focused on getting 10 assists a game, they could get 10 assists a game, but they could also still score 14, 15 points a game. And obviously Lonzo will have his moments and he'll score, he'll have 20 point games here and there, but it can be a real struggle for him to get 10 points in a game in today's NBA where they're starting to score 130, 140 points a game more than they're scoring under 100 it's just I don't know how you can have one of those guys on the court at a time, much less want to bring in another. It just seems so weird that Magic would want to do that. But then the weirder part is, Laker fans are they're cheering, mm-hmm. so it's just like what I don't I don't know what's going on there.
0: If for whatever reason, Laker fans are upset about the team wanting to sell the house except for LeBron to try and get Anthony Davis. They talk about Lonzo like he's good. They talk about Brandon Ingram like he's good. KCP, guys like that. They talk about them like they're really going to be good players. Like they're going to be in the NBA beyond five years from now. It's not to be too hard on them. It's, it's just the Lakers got themselves into such a bad situation and nobody wants to hold Magic Johnson accountable for it. And it all started when he drafted Lonzo Ball because either Magic really thought Lonzo was going to be someone good and that's one of the worst draft picks of all time or he was bullied into taking it because he didn't want to deal with LaVar Ball. One of those two. So either Magic wasn't competent or didn't have a backbone, one of those two. But he's the one that's responsible for the Lakers being in the spot that they're in.
1: And and really, I think I think it's kind of both of them. Mm-hmm. I think I think there was a little bit of a. Not that he doesn't have a backbone, but he he saw the potential publi- publicity for bringing in the Ball family into the Laker, you know, the upper echelon of the NBA. Obviously. I don't think he really it would have been backlash for a while from Lonzo's dad but he would have gone away and he would have been more focused on whatever team his son went to if if Magic wouldn't have drafted him but but yeah it's uh just it, like I said I think he was going for oh this guy looks like me in college you know and And it's just kind of baffling to me because so many people still have high hopes for Lonzo and still say that he's going to be a really good player in the league. I was having an argument with Blake the other day and it got intense. Um, DJ Wilson has been dropping double doubles, just pouring double doubles the last two months of the NBA season. We had this argument of who's, who's a better player, DJ Wilson or Lonzo ball. And I'm finding so many people are Lonzo Ball fans, and, and I'm like, man, I, I just don't see it. Uh, I think Kuzma has a much higher ceiling than some of does. these other guys. I think KCP has a higher ceiling to contribute to a good NBA team than Lonzo Ball.
0: It's not that I'm rooting against Lonzo no, or anything. I just
1: don't think he's that good. I just don't think he's going to pan out in the NBA. He's just, not, yeah, he's just not that good. That's all. I mean, that, that sums it up. And, and people will argue that, and I just don't know what they're seeing. The, the tape isn't there. I have no idea what they're seeing.
0: Charlie Bramer's in the studio with us. We owe you our next time out when we come back. A lot happened in the NFL yesterday. Kareem Hunt, Kyler Murray all making headlines. We'll break it down for you next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen.
1: Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app.
0: The Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, Charlie Bramer with you. Here is your Sports Center update. The Kansas City Chiefs have named Kentucky defensive coordinator Matt House as their new linebacker coach. Chris Bosch has officially announced his retirement after 13 NBA seasons. And finally, there were three major pro football signings yesterday that went viral on social media, but only one of them was real. In the aftermath of the Kareem Hunt signing, two different fake Twitter accounts announced signings of Colin Kaepernick to the New York Jets and Jamarcus Russell to an AAF team. They went viral, and people believed it and took it as truth. I follow one of the accounts because... He does a lot of sports satire. Not all of it I agree with. Some of it's pretty crude and off-color, what have you. But he was the one that did the fake story about Kaepernick going to the Jets. And he got a lot of blue check marks to retweet it. What he does is he changes his profile picture to Ian Rappaport and then changes his name. Not his at name or his username, And people don't check that. They don't see that there's not a check mark there. They don't check the at name. They just take it as truth. And this went viral. And so many people took it for truth that Colin Kaepernick was signed by the Jets yesterday. And I guess it was the right time because Kareem Hunt just got a new job. It
1: was signed. Obviously, that's a much more believable. Well, what's more believable? Jamarcus Russell getting signed to some (laughs) semi-pro, you know, not really pro league. Or Colin Kaepernick going back to the NFL. Obviously, Colin Kaepernick has this this package of skills to play in the NFL, and honestly, by now, I thought he would have a job. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be back in the NFL. It's hard to say. I think it's a real shame. Hard to say at this point.
0: But nonetheless, he got all these people to believe it, although only one major signing was true. One major eye-popping signing, but... If you're still out there believing Colin Kaepernick was signed by the Jets or Jamarcus Russell signed to an AAF team, it's not true. Those were viral Twitter rumors that have
1: since been debunked. Well, um, maybe Jamarcus Russell will be signed to an AAF team to play offensive lineman, huh? What do you he, think he's doing play, now? Maybe he'll be playing fullback in the AAF. I don't think quarterback. I don't know. I I imagine him being like a taste tester for like fast food restaurant chains or something i don't think know he's
0: still in shape to play football if he wanted to sign with one of those you think kaepernick could sign it with an aaf team
1: well oh for sure i think kaepernick could sign anywhere um like i said i mean he has the skills to play in the nfl i i just i don't think he will sign anywhere besides an nfl team um but your marcus russell was he ever in shape to play NFL football. He was pretty bad. Regardless. Yeah, so I don't know. That's why I'm thinking maybe he's he's going to play fullback in the AAF.
0: That was my And Finally. I had a couple others that I could have. Tell me if I made the right choice. I'll give you a couple of the others I had in consideration for And Finally. And Finally, Pittsburgh Penguins center Evgeny Malkin was ejected last night for swinging a stick at Philadelphia's Ivan Roffel. Malkin is optimistic that he will avoid suspension because he said, quote, It's not like I broke his face. That could have been a good one, or we could have done this one. And finally, an Oregon man sued Burger King because they broke their promise of offering him free meals for life after he was trapped for more than an hour in one of their bathrooms. Burger King settled it by offering to cover the amount of $9,026 and 16 cents that would be enough to buy him a whopper meal once a week until he's 72 years old yeah i don't know some good ones making the news yeah kyler murray and kareem hunt were both in the news yesterday and i guess we'll start with kyler murray he officially made his choice that he is going to pick the nfl over the mlb I said I like that decision for him when we were debating what he should do. I like that decision out of Kyler Murray to pick the NFL because I think the ceiling is higher for him. He's returning his signing bonus to the Athletics. They're going to retain his rights, but they won't get a compensatory pick. Kyler Murray is going to be a first-round NFL quarterback taken in the draft this April. My question will be, how committed is he to playing football? Is this going to be a thing where... If things don't work out for him after one season, is he going to go back to playing baseball, which is one of the alternatives I had early on when we were talking about this, or is he in it for the long haul? How committed is he going to be? And how will that affect a team using their first round draft
1: pick on him? Obviously a team must've assured him. He won't fall past whatever pick they have. He, he has a guarantee in place from a team. He has a verbal commitment from a team that he won't fall past a certain point to make this decision um i heard and i was surprised he gets to keep a portion of his signing bonus from the athletics i'm not sure how much that is um i was actually meaning to look that up before he started the show and it slipped my mind
0: but he has to forfeit it back if he chooses not to
1: play by the end of this month okay is that is that mm-hmm. what it is okay so yeah then then i guess he'll be paying him you already did the research well thank you um I think I think there's gonna be things at play here, you know, him being a short quarterback. I think there's stuff like that that it it's going to really give him that extra you know, like you said, if he if he doesn't have a good first season, I think it's gonna give him extra incentive and there's gonna be different things that are going to push him. To really try and be successful in the NFL, because he—if he is successful—he will be the shortest quarterback ever drafted in the first round. He's gonna want to set that precedent, and he's gonna want to be successful, and uh, like I said, set that precedence for other short quarterbacks that that it can be done. You know, Drew Brees at a little over six foot, or at six foot, that's really not that short. Kyler Murray at five nine, I hear he's closer to five eight. Now, if he can make it in the NFL, that's really going to be impressive.
0: Kyler Murray has signed with an NFL agent in Eric Burkhart. Do you remember who I said when we were talking about this, who I said should take Kyler Murray in the first round?
1: Oh, my goodness. I have Um, been
0: adamant that the Arizona Cardinals need to take Kyler Murray number one overall. It's not because Kyler Murray's worthy of being the number one overall pick. I think he's worthy of being a top 10. I just don't think he's good enough to be the number one overall pick. But Arizona just happens to have the number one overall pick, and he would be a perfect fit in Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Cliff Kingsbury's agent is also Eric Burkhart, who Kyler Murray just signed with yesterday. It's almost like a little bit of NBA tampering going on
1: there. And... and but the wonderful thing with the nfl is in this draft process that this this type of tampering is totally allowed absolutely and maybe the cardinals have already told him yep we're gonna be taking you um it would kind of surprise me because uh you know that bosa boy man he's gonna be a force in the nfl he might be the best defensive end since jj J. watt taken um And obviously with the Cardinals having already put that year into Rosen, I, I feel like I thought they might have something there. Um, there's, that is up for debate. Clearly that is not, you know, set in stone. To me, Rosen's like the Lonzo Ball of the NFL. Yeah. I don't see him ever getting better. I just, I see him having a strong arm. So some of the intangibles are there, but some are definitely missing, um, I think they could get a, you know, and they also mentioned this on Levitard. Another reason to take Murray, there's going to be a decent return for Rosen. They're thinking they could get a late first round and maybe a third round pick. So you take Murray and then you get another first and third round pick to bolster your defense or whatever it is you want to do. Um, I just, if I was a Cardinals fan, I would be a lot more hesitant then ooh, taking that Bosa boy out of Ohio State, he's gonna be able to get after the quarterback. And in today's NFL, that is a difference maker right there.
0: You gotta play to your strength, so if you're Kingsbury, that's why I want him to go after Kyler Murray, because he plugs right into that system. Kingsbury's an offensive guy. Him and Kyler Murray would be perfect for each other. A team that could bring a last place offense, at least to being respectable couple him with Larry Fitzgerald, that could be a really fun Arizona team to watch. I don't know that adding one player on defense and sticking with Josh Rosen at quarterback is going to help the Cardinals all that much, and it's nothing against Boson. He probably deserves to be the number one overall pick in this draft. I know it's tough to move on from him and take a chance on a guy like Kyler Murray because it's a huge risk, but Kingsbury being as unusual of a hire as he is, he's going to get fired if he doesn't win in his first year or two. Kyler Murray will give him a better chance to do that than Bosa would
1: It's just one of those things that a month ago it wasn't really they were they were saying this might be the first draft in however many years that a quarterback isn't taken in the top twenty or whatever it, and now. There's probably going to be multiple quarterbacks taken in the top ten. This is always the time of year when the quarterback frenzy starts to pick up, and it's, it's, it's really gaining steam right now.
0: Charlie Bramer with us. We owe you our last timeout. When we come back, we'll get to Kareem Hunt. And pitchers and catchers report today, but could there be a strike on the way? Next in the pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local
1: sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Charlie Bramer with you. Again, if you're out there... Brave in the wilderness, brave in the elements. Stay safe. It's getting nasty out there. Again, Westwood Patriot Athletics this evening have been postponed. Girls are supposed to be home with Marquette. That's not happening this evening. Makeup date to be announced. Boys game at Gwynn that we were going to carry here on ESPNUP Not happening tonight either. And the makeup date yet to be announced. Well, Kareem Hunt has a new job. He is a Cleveland Brown, as of yesterday. Was signed yesterday afternoon. We all know what happened with Kareem Hunt. Video surfaced in February of him punching and kicking a woman in a Cleveland hotel. So he's going to the city where this incident occurred for one thing. He's from that area. He played his college ball in Toledo. And now he's going to play for the general manager who actually drafted him out of college when he was in Kansas City. I don't know what's happened to Kareem Hunt here since he was cut by the Chiefs and since Uh, everything has come to light, what have you. I don't know everything that's happened behind the scenes. I know that he wasn't honest with the Chiefs about what happened. He told them he wasn't even in that building. He got his friends to lie to the Chiefs, and the Chiefs, despite being right in the hunt for a Super Bowl, they did what I thought was the right thing, and they let him go. So he's on the street, but the thing is in the NFL, if you're good enough, doesn't matter what kind of history you've had, Somebody will take a chance on you. And that's what the Cleveland Browns have done. And they get a shiny new running back. I don't know if this was the right move or not. I don't know what Kareem Hunt has done since that time, since this is all transpired. I know he's gone to anchor management classes, to alcohol classes, and he's tried to better his life. I don't know if it's effective or not. What he did was unacceptable and inexcusable. But at what point do we write a guy off and say, He's no longer employable, or this is something that you need to be written off from society from, or you can only have certain jobs once you cross this line
1: it's 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 just one of those things you know it's why why can Colin Kaepernick not get a job in the n f l and uh kareem hunt is he's he's back on an n f l roster you know it's kind of i don't really know what the word is for it um i guess you can just put it as sad but then again there are guys and and it's tough to gauge you know what what what's worse obviously you know last week we were on here talking about the quarterback from Florida State being dismissed and he wasn't even on video hitting anybody there was allegations that he hit someone it sounded like he hit the girl in the video you get into all that again but it it just it really goes to show that if you're young and and you're a top tier player in the NFL you can uh you can have a second chance do the do the browns really have much to lose here i mean their franchise is such a laughing stock if this totally backfires on them Is it really going to make him look that much worse? But if it works out, it could sure make him look a whole lot better.
0: Well, let's think about this. Think about Kareem Hunt's decision to sign with the Browns, why he wanted to in the first place, and why they wanted to sign him. Obviously, he's a top-tier talent. He's And you brought up a great point where if you're young is being the key word, someone will take a chance on you. If he were 10 years older, I don't know that any team would touch him right now. If he was 30-plus, I don't think anyone would go after him. But he's still in the prime of his career. The Browns know they can still get something out of him. He's working with a GM he has history with, a guy who drafted him, and he's going back to a familiar area, back to his home. So the Browns do this. What about the timing of this, Con- considering that the investigation hasn't closed yet? The NFL's investigation, they haven't even ruled a suspension on him yet. So the Browns figure it might be a hefty suspension, and all indications seem to point that it could be a 10 to 12 game suspension, and the Browns would only get him for four to six games next year, the back end. But this isn't the same Browns team that's going 0-16 or 1-15. Last year, they were 7-8-1. and So maybe they're treading water by the time they get Hunt next season and he helps them get into the postseason. The takeaway with that is you've got two pretty capable running backs right now with a pretty good one-two punch in Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson. you got to figure at least one of those guys, probably Johnson, has already got one foot out the door. So what do you do until Kareem Hunt gets back?
1: Um, I guess, you know, I was kind of surprised just this one-year deal cuz if he is gone for the first 12 games of the season, then comes back, maybe the Browns do get into the playoffs and and that's where they find the value in this contract. But they would really be doing another team a favor if they sign he signed a one-year deal with him, gets his feet wet in the NFL and then signs with another team the following year.
0: What I think the thought process behind that was that John Dorsey knows, since he was the GM that brought uh, Hunt to Kansas City, drafted him when he was the GM there, that now he has him in a familiar place in Cleveland, and he'll think that Kareem Hunt will look at the Browns and say, they were the team that took the chance on me, I'm going to stay
1: loyal to them and re-sign. Yep, and there's the Toledo connection, Mm -hmm. there's a whole lot going on there, Um it 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 really makes sense as far as when you look at there's so many different things at play it makes sense that the browns out of all teams also with like i said with the browns the state of their franchise it it, even that makes sense for them to take a chance on a guy like this um the browns need to hit a home run and they're taking a home run hack so i you gotta applaud them in a way for that um there's a bunch of former packers guys running the browns now alonzo highsmith um and dorsey all these guys um and it's kind of funny because teams like the packers don't take these risks on players typically that have had troubled past now that they're in cleveland they need to take that home run swing so these guys are they are really adapting and doing what they need to do to make this franchise successful so I think that that's an interesting kind of change of philosophy that it seems like these guys are having um, and, and I think one of the most interesting things is that they don't even really need a running back but I mean you can always use guys that can uh, be that versatile um, so and I don't know man it's it's really it's a toss up it's a real toss up and I've heard anywhere from 6 games to 12 games on the suspension um I don't know m- many details of the contract but it's it's a real toss up and like I said it's a home run hack
0: I believe in forgiveness, but I do believe in holding people accountable. And I don't know where Kareem Hunt is. I know his actions were inexcusable and condemnable, but I don't know where he is or how he's moved on from that. I hope that he has moved past that and he's bettered his life and what have you. I don't know that for a fact. Here's a thought process. I'm not even saying I believe in this, but I think some people could have some stake into this or it might affect how they view Kareem Hunt now everyone remembers him punching and kicking the woman in the hotel but it was one of three instances and not all of them have been violence against women most recently in June he assaulted a man I don't know if it makes any difference or if it should but framing him as some guy who has anger management against anybody just whoever happens to be in his path versus a guy who's a woman abuser and takes advantage of a domestic partner. I don't know if that does or should change their perception of Kareem Hunt.
1: Well, once once uh once a guy's a woman beater, I mean there's a lot of guys out there that will that would uh you know, get in a bar fight or get in a fight with a guy but would never lay a finger on a woman. once a guy's a woman beater, that it's like he's crossed that line and um He's obviously just a violent individual, and I mean, let's face it, that's what football players are, and 99% of these football players can turn the switch on and turn it off, and apparently he's got to figure out a way to flip that switch off, and oftentimes guys like this around age 23, 24, which he's approaching, that's when they can kind of start to figure this stuff out being thrust in the limelight at such a young age like him was obviously very difficult um but you know with that responsibility or with that what is it the power comes responsibility type of deal and it's just really unfortunate this whole situation um i i don't know man it's such a touchy situation and the browns are taking a chance if i was a browns fan i really don't know what i would think of it Mm -hmm. um Obviously, I would just want the Browns to win football games. And if this can help, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? Running short on time, let's get to baseball quick because
0: pitchers and catchers report today baseball season is getting closer. I know it's snowstorming outside, but we're almost there. Although... Could a strike be looming? You have several players coming out and saying that the MLB free agent market is broken. Justin Verlander, Jeff Samarja, just a few of the guys who have come out and said that the situation going on with Harper and Machado just proves that the baseball free agent market is broken and that we could be looking at a strike before the 2020 season.
1: I've been hearing about this for a few years. There are so many things in baseball that need to be fixed, and I think the most egregious of which are compensation for minor league players. I really hope that that is something that gets attention in the next CBA because if you look at travel time and all these different things that these minor leaguers are putting in, all their hard work and practice time and all these things, they're making like under $2 an hour. I mean, it's like, phew it's it's you know you don't want to say the word slave wages but it is it, it is bad it is bad stuff and I'm, so i'm hoping that that can finally have some more light shed on it um obviously like you were saying there's free agent uh stuff going on difficulties with that and and just guys not getting picked up and and stuff stuff like collusion uh reports going on in major league baseball teams icing guys out and waiting for them and forcing for them uh, to take one-year deals, kind of like Grandal did with the Brewers, like Mike Moustakas has had to do <laughs> with the Royals. There are just so many shockingly good players that, as uh, everybody reports to camp, they're still unsigned, and there's just no rhyme or reason to it. It's It's so strange, and they're still saying that Machado and Harper are probably going to be getting 10-year 300 million dollar deals. Well, why didn't they get it months ago? Mm-hmm. It, it's so strange.
0: For me, I can't figure out why people think that Harper and Machado are on the same level as being a baseball player. I don't think they're even close. Machado's had one season where he's hit for 100 RBI. I mean You could sign J.D. Martinez much cheaper. Than you could for Manny Machado, and I would take Martinez in a heartbeat over a guy like Machado.
1: Well, at a position, at, at the position of DA, Machado, I think he, he's underrated at shortstop, and and for his bat at shortstop, the the value is there. But yeah, obviously, I would say Harper is much better. And it was a shame last year to have his down year going into the contract year, but he still. He had his power, his OPS was up, his on-base percentage was still there, his average was just down, and that was about every single left-handed hitter in Major League Baseball not named Christian Yelich had a lower batting average last year. So, as long as the OPS and on-base percentage is still high, the production is still there, and it was there. If it means
0: anything, he unfollowed a bunch of Washington Capitals players on Instagram. Tom Wilson from the Washington Capitals says he doesn't know if it means anything if it's writing
1: on the walls or what have you but maybe that means his time is done in Washington and that and that reminds me of Antonio Brown just put a tweet out with the peace sign and the kind of a farewell type of deal yep. to Steelers fans so
0: he said he's ready to move on he said I, that earlier today I
1: think it's happening so what's the deal with the Steelers There. are are they all of a sudden not going to have Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown? I mean, two of the best op- – Off. I mean, really, I think Le'Veon Bell was the best running back in the NFL there for a while. Antonio Brown, the best wide receiver. To lose both of them? How does that happen? Might be a topic
0: we're going to have to put a pin in and wait for tomorrow. I think so. Because we are out of time. As always, appreciate you being here. Looking forward to next week. Thank you so much. Wish me luck getting home. I'll need it. Yeah, be safe out there. Thank you. As well as to our listeners, be safe, snowstorming. Stay inside tonight if you can. Put on a little TV. You've got some good college basketball this evening. ESPN 2's got Wisconsin and Michigan State, battle of top 20 teams. And then ESPN Radio, Celtics and 76ers. Great basketball this evening. We're glad to be able to bring it to you on ESPN. I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for tuning in to the Sports Pen on ESPN UPWZAM Ishpeming Marquette.